0: Welcome Miami, welcome South Florida, welcome America. Welcome welcome everybody. This is uh, another episode of uh, Miami Cop Talk. I'm Raul and I'm here with my partner Robert and we got a great guest t- today here uh, for you.
1: Robert, who do we have? Well, today we'd like to talk about uh, police relations, right? We're going to deal with the issues that others don't talk about and today we want to talk about um, community relations and how to improve relationship between the community and law enforcement but more importantly, who's responsible for oversight on the civilian side of the city of Miami? We've got a great guest. His name is John Quick. Um, he is the independent counsel for the Miami civilian investigative panel. Um, this guy is an, an incredible attorney. He's accomplished. We will have his bio on our website for you to view because I think it's really worth uh, discussing. And then, but before we start, Raul, what do you say we give a shout out to our
0: sponsors absolutely our supporters on the miami cop talk show are mainland marlins mainland marlins oh, podcast tommy. with tommy he's our producer he's uh amazing knows a little bit about baseball look him up uh mainland marlins and we have share your heart also one of our great supporters uh, miami tactical and new area new era, era. alliances Those are our supporters, and, uh, again, if you support the show, you appreciate what we're doing and uh, bringing the information that we're bringing out to the community on Miami Cop Talk. Give us a call on our website, miamicoptalk.com. Give us a shout-out. Our email is 305 at miamicoptalk.com, and we're on all social media platforms, Miami Cop Talk
1: yeah and and happy saint patrick's day to all of you yeah you're gonna go out there and drink this afternoon please drink responsibly although i understand that there's a lot of social distancing still i just had my shot i will continue my vaccine shot that is and i will continue to uh social distance but i think i'm gonna drink a little green i've always social
0: distance from him even when when there wasn't any COVID. (laughs) on my 15s
1: yeah hey this guy was always late for the 15s why well, were you there? Let's coffee talk about
0: and, that coffee and donuts man coffee and, hey hey there's a guy that does uh review back panels here on you know let's
1: uh let's watch what we say here so uh well let's yes we're, well we're retired so yeah, i think we have true. uh immunity without further ado why don't we bring in um this incredible i still think you're a young man uh john so so um man i'm looking at your resume and, and boy your bio just goes on forever so why don't we bring you in and why don't you give us an overview of what you're doing and certainly the civilian investigative panel and your role there. Good morning. Good morning, John quick. Is he on? Oh, oh there, there he, he go. is.
0: There he is. Like he,
2: might
0: he may be frozen or he's doing the mannequin challenge.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. It's the luck of the Irish here. The luck of the, uh, you got a bad signal. John, can you hear us? Can you reboot?
0: Well, before we, you know, as we were working on getting uh, John on on the air here, I could tell you that when when Robert first said, hey, we got John Coyk coming on the show, you know, it's a little humorous here, but I I said, what? John Wick? (laughs) And and when I look at this guy's resume, I mean, he he really blows Keanu Reeves out of the park. I mean, all the things that he's done from uh, being on the Community Relations uh, Board Chair Miami-Dade, uh, friends of the Miami-Dade Public Library, the President, uh, Eleven Judicial Circuit Historical Society, he was the chair on that, uh, Village of Palmetto Bay Charter Review Committee member, uh, you name it. Uh, Miami-Dade County Mayors Blue Ribbon Task Force, Historical Miami, a Secretary of the and Treasurer to uh, and, and Board of Trustee, Educational Chair. I mean, this is this is this uh, this individual is uh, all over the board. He really knows uh, Miami and Dade County. Uh, His background, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he – Boston, right? Boston, he went to Boston uh, College. I'm not too sure. There he is. But he'll he'll give us a little intro on who he is and background. Hopefully, he's got a, a better signal now. John, are you on? Can you hear us?
2: I am. I could hear you before. I don't know what was going on from my end, but I apologize for that. Happy St. Patrick's Day.
0: Happy St. Patrick's and Day to you too, it, sir. It
2: wouldn't be you know nine fifteen in the morning if we didn't have a little bit of technical difficulties.
0: Correct, correct, correct. And and, and I, if correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Boston, you won Boston?
2: I, I went to law school at Boston University. I went did my undergraduate undergraduate at UCLA. So uh, I've been on both coasts.
0: Yeah, so I'm sure you enjoyed your St. Patrick's Day up in Boston's uh, in Boston a few times, right?
2: It, it was a pretty lively time, that's for sure.
1: Daniel Hall, I love yeah. Daniel Hall.
2: Yeah, so I was BU was not too far, just a couple of T stops away from Faneuil Hall. So, and and I met my amazing wife up in Boston. So it was it was a good time up there, that's for sure.
1: Well, I will tell you, John, she's an incredible woman. As if you don't know yourself, right? Yeah. So um, we we look forward to having her on a future show because we'd like to get her perspective on education.
2: I would say she's even better than I am. I mean, she is a uh, she's a dynamic, amazing woman. So I will talk to her for you. <laughs>
1: outstanding, please, please put in the good word.
2: Yeah. So, um, John,
1: we are talking about, you know, law enforcement. We want to provide, as I share with you offline, we want to provide the viewers and, and people an insiders view into police work and public safety, but not just from law enforcement, right from the stakeholders as well. And, you know, let, let's, let's talk about something very controversial. We've seen on TV recently, what's going on in South beach. We've seen the officers go hands on with, um, subjects who were just unruly. And then you have, um, we had the protest early this year in Miami. We had some officers also go hands on. I understand that the civilian investigative panel oversaw some of those investigations, but let's look at this and and break it down and take a look at what is the civilian investigative panel, what your role is, what your authority is. And then how do we improve relations?
2: Sure, sure. So the, the, the Miami civilian investigative panel, I'll call it the CIP for short as it's, uh, it can be a little wordy. Um, they were created by charter mandate within the uh, city of Miami, um, back probably a little over 15 years ago. And really what their role is, is to investigate, um, they can, uh, any complaints against police officers, they can be directly filed with the CIP they also have authority uh, every ia investigation file gets sent over to the cip they do their own independent investigation and then the cip can can start their own investigations if, if they see uh what they feel like might be a, a pattern of of, uh, of conduct and the cip itself is um, uh, there are 13 members to the cip or 13 seats there they are uh nominated from within the cip and then appointed by this the two appointees for each commissioner uh, in the city of miami two for the uh, mayor and then the um, uh police chief also has an appointee that sits on uh, the cip as well uh they're ha- manned with uh, executive director assistant executive director two independent investigators who are um all three former law or all four former law enforcement um so it's a uh, it's a good group um they also review policy and procedures of the um uh uh, the department so if there's any changes to policies they they go through the cip or if the cip itself um feels like there's any issues that that they might want to take up themselves they can make recommendations to the police chief ultimately in terms of authority ultimately that the the authority to make that change rests with the department and the chief the um, same thing with investigations for uh, police officers. There's a police officer's bill of rights, which, which I, I know you guys are all aware of, and I'm sure many, uh, many if not all of the viewers are aware of. Um, so that limits the, the authority of the uh, oversight panels. They cannot, uh, at least under the current uh, way that the uh, officer's bill of rights is drafted, they cannot um, uh, impose any sort of punishment or anything like that, they can make findings uh, make recommendations, but ultimately that rests with uh, at least in the city of Miami rests with the police chief
0: John, let me ask you a question you know I'm born in here in Miami and uh, I, I know the history that we have here in Miami uh, Mcduffie, Lozano, uh, mercado, you know we we've had you know unrest in Miami and I can understand the the history behind CIP and why the city may have enacted the CAP but like uh, as an individual who spent 30 years in government, and you know, uh, again, the, the fact of the matter is, uh, my trust in government is not that great. Um, I mean, that's just just me, just me. I'm you know a little radical in my views, but the fact of the matter is, we do have a grand jury. We do have the state attorney's office. We we have internal affairs. There are so many oversight uh, layers to what law enforcement does, specifically the CIP. And and I'm all for accountability. I'm all for transparency. Why was that additional layer put in place? I mean, can you give us a history behind that? I, I have a, a, a an idea, but I want our, our our listeners to to hear from you, from an individual that's on the CIP.
2: Yeah, and and I think you know the difference between what the CIP does and what the other um, uh, agencies that you mentioned do is they do it all out in the open. Um, so I think that that's a that's a big part of it. I mean, it, you know, IA investigations are confidential. You know, grand jury has confidentiality rules, you know, what takes place in the state attorney internal discussions, you know, those those don't necessarily see the light of day. Or if there's any plea bargain deals, those don't necessarily see the light of day, whereas everything with the CIP is done in the open. They have public meetings. Um, uh, they meet every month. Uh actually we had our our monthly meeting yesterday so it's the third Tuesday of every month is the full panel meeting plus they have uh, what other meetings in between for committees so it's all done in the open Um, the complainants can all testify and give their their uh, version of the story the police officers are all invited to to testify give their version of the story plus we have you know a wealth of knowledge through uh, the files, the investigative files that, that come from, you know, either at the state attorney's office, FDLE, IA, and then there, there are the CIP's own investigators as well do their own investigations and, and many times come up with additional information or, or maybe find additional witnesses. So that's a big part of it. And I think that was a, a big push for it is that this was is really done out in the open so everybody can see. I mean, obviously there are certain public records, confidentiality issues we deal with yeah. and we make do with it. Uh, the other issue is that the 13 members of the panel, they're any member of the community. I mean, they could be you, they could be uh, me, they can be whomever. And and they range in terms of their wealth of experience. So, you know, you have, you know, we have a former uh, retired police officer. And, and, you know, the the insight that he gives in terms of how the police may see it, it is really valuable. And then we have a, um, a psychologist and and the insight that she gives in terms of, what people may be thinking in terms of interactions it it really is invaluable and and so you you get that those different experiences that come together through those 13 panel members uh, and i think that really helps to to really bring out a robust discussion uh, in terms of you know what's here what happened was there anything improper what was done properly are there any learning experiences things like that And, and the public sees that as well and i think it really helps with you know, in terms of police community relations, it is a real asset to the department and to the city for that. I mean, you, you saw some of these, uh, you, you alluded to the, um, uh, the protests over the, uh, over the summer and, you know, Miami, obviously there, there were arrests and, and there have been complaints stemming from that, but, uh, the experience that we had in Miami was very different than other cities. And I think a lot of that comes with the city's um, embracing, uh, you know, the elected officials embracing the oversight because they've seen the value that it brings to police community relations.
1: So a couple points, because I'm, I'm reading from the city of Miami's, uh, description of this c- civilian investigative panels, c- uh, CIP. And for all those of you that are just tuning in, we're speaking with John Quick, the independent counsel to the city of Miami civilian independent council, also known as CIP. Um, so one your oversight or actually your purview is not to investigate i'm sorry we spoke with uh chief colina retired chief colina recently retired from the city of miami um who told us he welcomed uh the civilian panel because he saw it as a way to you know it's a way of added accountability but it's also a way to ensure that his former agency was maintaining top professionalism and, and 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 so that's why he welcomed them. it it but let's talk about your experience with the cases you've handled um for the investigative panel um we're trying to give the the audience a sense of the difference in south florida to other areas of the country where they've experienced more problems with law enforcement, breaches of uh, policies, you know, breach of bad conduct amongst officers. How would you measure what you've seen through cases as far as the police training, as far as the, the police officer professionalism here in comparison to other areas? Can you give a, an idea um, how we rate?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I it, obviously, you know, being in the oversight world, you know, it's, we, we communicate with other oversight bodies around the country and, and, and internationally as well. And in terms of uh, you know what I would call extreme egregious behavior, you know we are we are far or, or alleged I should say alleged extreme extreme uh, behavior we are uh, far lower than in other cities and and I think because we are the, Miami has been had a long history of having uh, you know oversight uh, you know they also had it in the county I know they're they're working to bring that back um, so it, you know it's it's I think the the issues here you know, you, you obviously you have, um, uh, you know, different experiences and, and whatnot, but you don't see a lot of what I would consider uh, extreme allegations, like you would see elsewhere, you, you know, you do have a large number of um, uh, procedural violations, which, which are no less um, important than, than others. I mean, I say that because, you know, if you talk to to you know every police chief I've ever spoken with, when they talk about things like, you know, making sure the body-worn camera is on, filling out the right reports. You know, they talk about that is, that is equally as important as other things because, you know, if you're not, if, if you're going loose on, on something like, you know, filling out the right forms, chances are, you know, down the line, you know, you might not be complying with other things in the future, uh, or you might run the risk of, uh, of forgetting about them. And it's important for documentation purposes as well. Um, but uh, you know, in terms of like what you what you've seen elsewhere um, in other cities, you know, we saw it over the summer with some of those those violent clashes. Uh, it, it's it, we have those have been fewer and further between uh, in the most more recent times. Obviously, I, I I recognize as you mentioned McDuffie and 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 uh, those types of interactions historically, but in, in the more recent interactions, the, they have been fewer and further between. Which which again, I think is credit to the CIP it's credit to the, the chief Kalina who, who he did, uh, you know, he did come to the CIP. He did embrace it and encourages officers to participate. Um, because it, you know, it is an important process for the, like I said, that police community relations. Um, and you know, if your community believes in your police, it's going to be safer for your police department out there because you're going to get people who are willing to work with them and willing to talk to them. And I, that's why I think it's such an important, uh, uh tool in their, in their tool belt.
0: Uh, John, you've given us a lot of information. I, I appreciate it. You uh, letting us know what CIP does. I want I want to ask you a question. Um, you know, again, Cuban background. There's a saying I've used it before: it "says Ah uh, hablando la gente entienden," which basically means you know, talking people understand what's going on. And 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 you're basically you know, you're talking, giving us a lot of good information. A lot of people may not know what the CIP, uh you know, was enacted for and what it does. And so I appreciate everything you're, you're saying. Let me ask you as far as policies and procedures policy failures whatnot there's this Florida CFA and kalia do you all in the CIP get involved in reviewing policy to see again if there's an absence of policy and things of that nature do you review department sops and uh, standing orders and and maybe make recommendations to the chief
2: uh, absolutely and and kalia is, is a huge resource and, and we you know the the there's a there's a separate committee that the um, uh, CIP has a, called the Policies and Procedure Committee, and, and I work with them as well, obviously. And they'll review, you know, policies from all over the all over the country. Uh, they'll review, you know, Calia model policies, and uh, they have a um, a policy analyst who, who she goes in and dives into to that information, and, and will make recommendations. Or the CIP might bring it up, and she will research it. And ultimately, what happens is the committee will discuss it um, come up with any thoughts they might have, or maybe they think it's good. And then it'll go to the panel and then the panel will, will uh, ultimately either approve or modify and make those recommendations to the chief, but, but absolutely all of those resources are utilized by the CIP to try to make sure that the, the policies, the SOPs, all the, all the manuals are, um, the best that they can be in in ship, uh, ship tip top shape.
1: For you know, sure. um, one thing comes to mind is as, as we have launched this show, uh, with with the intent of bridging the gap and, and building, like I said earlier, the relationship between community and trust and law enforcement and vice versa, because I, I can't think of another profession that has been villainized as much as law enforcement in long, recent years, uh, politically on both sides of the aisle. Um, you know, you mentioned about credit, giving credit to the police department, city of Miami and other police departments down here, I guess dealing with training, uh, preparedness, which prevent us from creating disasters, public disasters that that have created in other parts of the country with injustice, calls of injustice. But let me ask you, John, what would be your recommendation for current law enforcement executives to improve the relationship with the community and same recommendation for the community leaders to improve the relationship with, with law enforcement? Because I think public safety is always best when there's a mutual collaboration between civilian and, and sworn law enforcement.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I really think it would be, would be coming together for a discussion because I I think there has been, there have been so many walls over the years that have been built up uh, and there's a level of distrust. And I think, you know, you need it from both, both sides, both sides need to kind of get the perspective and understanding of, you know, what is, you know, from the uh, departments uh, and the officers' standpoint, you know, what, what are the people that we are serving and protecting, you know, what is their perspective? How do they see things and how can we improve them? Uh, You know, and there's a lot of ways that that have, uh, uh, you know, officers and and departments have have done that in the past by, you know, making sure that the officers there have, uh, you know, come from that area or know that area, know the people in that area so that there's that level of trust that's there. Then you also need it from the uh, community um, uh, stakeholders. You know, you need to understand, listen, the police, there's no doubt about it i mean you know some police they're human they can make mistakes but they have a tough job i mean you know going into going in blind some you know sometimes to a a, a home where you don't necessarily know uh you know the layout of the building you know that's a tough job it, it, among other things so you know people you, you kind of need to have you need to have that discussion and i do think that's a role that the cip plays because because people do get to have that discussion. I also should mention there, there has been a, a mediation program that the CIP um, uh, created that, that the department uh, agreed with and approved that um, if there's a complainant and an officer for certain types of complaints, they can mediate. And I think that's another good aspect. Actually, the, this is brand new, started a couple months ago, the first mediation it's happening this week. Um, and I think that that'll be something that'll help as well because, again, it's it's a way with trained mediators to get people to talk. And once they talk and once they see face to face and they see each other and they see the human aspect and you can look into each other's eyes. It's a different conversation than if you're having it on social media or if you're having it with a member of the uh, 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 you know, back and forth through a a media uh, intermediary. It's just a different conversation and you see each other as humans. And and that's the biggest thing I think that, that helps.
0: Well, John, here's a controversial question, and people that know me, I tend to be a little bit controversial. Um, as your voice goes down, yeah, as so my voice goes learn. down, and, and I can hear my wife you. in the background saying, "Hey, be careful what you're gonna ask." <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, um, I know a lot of the individuals uh, that serve in the City of Miami Police Department—excellent individuals. There was a great candidate pool of internal applicants for the new chief of police job. The guy that's coming in is, you know, Art Acevedo—a uh, very competent, very qualified, you know, uh, Cuban. Born, you know, I guess he's going to be able to uh, assimilate well into the, the culture of Miami. But the fact, uh, was CIP ever consulted? Were you guys ever involved in the selection process for uh, the new chief of police of the city of Miami?
2: No, not that I'm aware. I mean, that, you know, that falls within the purview of, of the administration. Um, I mean, we certainly, uh, you know, CIP has, has reached out and they expect to meet with uh, with the new chief once he starts. I think he starts in about six weeks. Um, but, you know, we'll start with him in the onboarding process. I mean, to, to Mayor Suarez's credit, he has, you know, discussed many things with the CIP and, and he does reach out to them on, on issues. Uh, I'm not sure that we were, I, I don't believe we were involved uh, in the hiring though, um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're we're certainly eager to work with him and, uh, uh, you know, excited for, uh, for that prospect to uh, going forward.
1: I think we all are. Yeah, no, definitely. We look forward to inviting him also to to Chief uh, Acevedo, you have a standing invitation to join us here on Miami Cop Talk. Um, I think this is a brand new forum. For those of you just joining joining us, we're speaking with John Quick, the independent counsel for the City of Miami Civilian Investigative Panel. Um, Great conversation this morning. John, for those that would like to get a hold of you, where can they get a hold of you? Can you provide Um, a little information?
2: Yeah, they can reach me. So, so I'm the independent counsel, but I, I work at a law firm, uh, Weiss Therota Healthman. They can reach me via email. Um, it's just my first initial last name, jquick, j-q-u-i-c-k, at wsh-law.com. So W's and Walter, S's in Sam, H's in Harry, hyphen, law, L-A-W.com. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly happy to speak with anybody if they have questions or, or thoughts or anything. I, I'm more than happy to speak with them.
0: Well, John, uh, Robert, and roll remember our names. Uh, throw our names in the hat next time they're picking people for the CIP. We, you know, we'll Role, be
1: roll better than well,
0: me. Well, hey, you know, I'm done. As you said, as an open forum there on the CIP, we can, uh, you know, discuss those things that are not confidential on our show uh, on the Miami Cop Talk. But yeah, throw my my name in the in the hat there, and next time you all are picking someone, maybe uh, maybe I can uh, continue my service to the city and uh, and our community. But Happy- our,
2: the, they've got the county one opening up soon too so you you, you you've got two opportunities there oh there yeah and there's a,
0: and there's a soon to be an elected sheriff that's gonna be uh that's gonna be fun here in dade county that's any, any, gonna be thoughts? <laughs> any thoughts on the front runners
2: yeah. <laughs> no hey, thoughts right lines. now there, there's a number of front runners uh, from what i'm hearing at least <laughs>
0: yeah. hey do you do you have to be law enforcement to run for sheriff uh, a i don't that's requirement It's not a requirement wow that's
2: i don't know 100 but i don't believe you need to be a sworn law enforcement officer or trained law enforcement officer no well
1: according to state statute no but john i'd like to extend also uh, an open invitation for you to continue to collaborate with us because look we can only make this show better this show is about you know community and and strengthening our ties this is our part of the country i can't think of a better place to live i can't think of a better professional to profession to have been a part of for nearly 30 years, uh, law enforcement. But I think the best outcomes are achieved when we continue to collaborate. You couldn't have said any better. Thank you about opening up dialogue and ensuring that we continue to have dialogue. So I want to extend once again, that invitation to you to help us collaborate, be part of this show, help us grow. We have a podcast for those of you that that are into podcasts. We've been picked up by Spotify, Apple, Google. It's on
0: every platform, it'll be great to have a regular segment, the, the CIP report on Miami Cop Talk with John Quick. I like your name, man. As, you know, throws. I I was saying it. It reminded me. I go, we got Keanu Reeves coming on the show. You yeah. know,
2: yeah. <laughs> I know, and it's a real name too. It's not even a stage name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the real
0: John Quick. The real John Quick.
2: Yeah, listen, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to continue talking with you guys, and you know, however you think I can help the discussion, I'm more than happy to do it.
0: That's what it's all about. We we need to talk to each other a little bit more. That's a fact. As a community, you know, that's what our our theme here is, you know, one community, one voice. So uh, we really need to talk to and agree to disagree if that's the case. But the fact of the matter is
1: we need to talk to each other.
2: Precisely. So,
1: John, any parting thoughts uh, as we come into the – we shorted you a couple minutes. I apologize, but we're running a few minutes late behind uh, typical Miami, Hispanic time, right? Latino time. Um. Any any parting words for our audience right now?
2: No, I think it's. I like I said. I think it's just important to important to engage in your in the community, uh, whether it's police community relations or whatever you're passionate about. But certainly, you know, engage and and you know, and like Raul said, you know, listen and and hear the other side, and it, it's okay to disagree. Um, you know, but if you hear and and you truly listen, uh, cool. I think that's where you you know you people can all we can all grow, and we can ensure that we have a civil discourse and you know, ensure that what's, what's happened sometimes in other parts of the, the country or the world, you know, doesn't happen here again in Miami.
1: All right. Thank you. Outstanding. Yeah. Would you mind doing something for us for the la- closing out? Can you give us a shout out Miami cop talk?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, shout out, meaning just to, you know, thank you guys or
1: yeah. Yeah. If we can get it guys. in the clip for a video trailer.
2: All right. Thank you, Miami cop talk. I had a great time on your show. Thank you for having me and uh, you know, enjoy the rest of your St. Patrick's day
0: outstanding thank you john god bless you and uh enjoy the rest of your day thank take you, care. you
2: too. take care bye bye
0: what do you think